Welcome back to Witchcast, guys. My name is Julia. I am the host to this podcast. So today we have a really, really fun and cool guest. We have Will from Ghost Witch Insta. Will, you want to say hi? Hey, everyone. This is Will the Ghost Witch. Uh, Yes, I am at Ghost Witch Insta. How is everybody today? We are doing awesome. So just want to talk about uh, what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be asking Will a lot of questions about his spiritual awakening, his path through witchcraft, and some other shenanigans stuff that's going to be really fun. So uh, before we get to all those fun questions, we're going to be pulling a tarot card of the day. So just give me one second. Let me just do a quick shuffle, and then we'll see what we got today. Right, and I'm just gonna do a quick shuffle. You're gonna hear me off screen. All right, and that was the shuffle, everybody. And I'm gonna knock three times one, two, three, and then we're gonna pull the card and see what's going on. Okay, so the card that I pulled was three of wands. Okay, so now with the three of wands, um, wand suits typically talk about your passion, your spirit your um, fire, everything that you kind of like feel like um, was like emotion wise with like strength and everything. So um, when I picked up this card, when I first just um, shuffled it, I kind of got the sense that it was a really good opportunity card. So you look at the three of wands and you kind of see like um, these the three three wands and like some other shapes and like some flowers and everything. And it kind of depicts like um, teamwork. It talks about opportunities in the future. It talks about your luck. Um, It talks about, um, you know, a chance to work with others. And I think this is a really good card to get for this episode because I am working with Will. He is an amazing person, guys. And you guys are going to love this episode because he is full of fire and passion. So, Will, what do you think? I think that was a beautiful introduction, Julia, and I really appreciate it. Um, yes, uh, when I think of when I think of the three of wands, when I think of any kind of threes, you know, if you look at it as a journey from one at the beginning to ten at completion, you know, um, threes are like that that kind of initial victory, that initial like happy win. I know you mentioned the word luck too. You know, it comes right before four, where you kind of maybe plateau out and you you get that stability, that home kind of energy Um, before fives, the the difficulties or the changes kind of knock you back into your journey. But yeah, I feel like, I feel like this is uh, definitely a victory for me to be speaking with you today and uh, with everybody who's listening. So I'm happy to be here. Oh, I appreciate that. That was very nice of you. And like I said, uh, Will is full of passion and spirit, so this card is very much him, and I think it resembles a really good opportunity for both of us to be working together. So let's get to the questions. Um, so guys, Will um, is, I met him through Instagram, and um, I was doing a live stream, and he had mentioned that you know, he wanted to work with me and that, you know, it was going to be a fun opportunity. And I like immediately was like, yes, let's do it. This is going to be so awesome. I'm so excited. And so um, he is such a cool guy, guys. Like you're going to see his Instagram. I'll link everything in the um, the description and everything. But his Instagram, like he does a lot of meditation. He has a lot of really good core values. And all around, he is just a solid, good person and a good witch. 
So, um, Will, how did you get into spirituality and witchcraft? Well, thank you very much. That was beautiful. Um, For me, I think, like most people, I was not raised with this awareness. Um, Or I had the awareness, but was kind of steered and convinced away from kind of my intuitive understandings. And, you know, I kind of let other people's perceptions and um, their, I don't know, the way that they had been walked away from their intuition and their internal power, their magic. You know, I let that influence me growing up. And like most people, life had to kind of knock me around a little bit until I was in a place where I was, um, you know, cracked open enough for the light to come in. Um, For me, um, if you want to get into specifics, what that looked like is, In a very brief span of time, I um, got a divorce from a five-year marriage. I moved across the country for a very promising job opportunity that kind of blew up in a three-month period. Had to give up my dog and um, was living in a tiny, like 200-square-foot little studio and um, feeling completely disillusioned. And I happened to, I was kind of dating casually at the time. And, um, I met somebody briefly who was Wiccan and, um, just instantly just a light went off on my head. That relationship didn't last long, but it lasted long enough to plant that seed. And for me to begin exploring on my own. And as I started to learn about, Oh, I can actually attune with the natural rhythms and cycles of the year. Like there's actually, ways, rituals, and practices that I can like participate in the flow of nature. And I have the power to affect change in ways that transcend the logical mind that I can actually tap into the divinity that and the creator energy that's within me and within all of us. Like holy shit. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I went up to metaphysical shop, bought a bunch of books. Um I had a lot of time on my hands. I started reading them and you know, every night when I would get home, I would like switch to candlelight I'd set up my altar and I would try out the things that I learned. Um, for me at that time, you know, I just, I didn't really have ceremony or ritual prior to that. I was raised in Christianity and I just, I always felt that that took me further away, you know, that like, I didn't really feel like I was some sheep in a flock that needed to be led. I didn't feel like I, I needed some external force to save me. You know, I didn't yeah. feel like time was longer and that I came from nothing and then had a, a very temporary time. And then I had an eternity before me on which I would be judged from this time. Like it just, it, ne- it never fit like with my experience of life. Right. And so when I, when I, was at the point of finding my path. I was drinking very heavily. That was my way of like trying to numb out these feelings that were trying to like encourage me to grow, but I didn't see them that way. I just saw it as, Oh, this feels bad. Let me numb it out. And so the first spell that I ever did was to banish my desire for alcohol. And, um, it was so powerful. Like, I cast my circle and the things that I 
felt emanating from my hands and from my heart, the light that I felt entering through my crown, the, the things that the flames of the candles did in response to my words and my energy. Like from that moment on, I'm like, this is what I do. This is, a, this is like not only a part of my life, this is my life. And my mission is now to connect people in this community and to help other people and hold space for other people to discover that divine creator energy that is inherent in all of us because of how transformative it's been for me and the world needs that medicine now. Yeah. Wow. That is a wonderful story. And that's like similar to my core values and my mission as well. Um, So how did you kind of just grow from that after you did that ritual and that spell to kind of banish all the drinking um, issues that you've had? How did you kind of grow from that, from that point on? It was a lot of connecting with nature. Mm -hmm. I, I started going out every night and looking at the moon. Um, I had spoken to the moon and felt like responses that transcended words from the time that I was a small child intuitively. And now, you know, I had gotten disconnected. So I, I intentionally went out and every night I would stand under the moonlight and I would look at the moon and I would know what phase it was in. I started Every time I would write the date down, I would draw right beside it a little circle and draw the phase that the moon was in and stay in touch with it. Um, and then I would um, watch the sunrise too. And I would do like some movement, like some, um, I don't know what it's called, but basically like a squat with hands in prayer position and then stand up and spread my palms and just let that light come in and develop a relationship with with the sun and with the moon and yeah i was i couldn't wait every night to come home and cast a circle you know like i'd read all kind of different books and i was just so excited i told like everybody who was close enough that i felt like i could tell i was just like this is awesome you got to learn about this you know i want to tell you whether you want to hear it or not i want to tell you you know Aww. and i backed off from that a little bit to like, okay, you can't like, people have to be ready, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just this enthusiasm to like feel a part of and just see any way that I could express that like oneness with nature. Um, Cause that's really where the magic comes from. Exactly. And I feel like you're more of an earth witch. Would you say that's something that you practice and kind of gravitate towards? You know, if you want to put a label on it, I think that's a pretty accurate label, but I just, I'm eclectic. My, I do, I do intention setting with my food. Like I have a wooden ladle that I I drew a bind rune on in ceremony for, for love. You know, it's combining fehu, which is like material abundance, like abundance in the, the physical world. And um, wunyo, which is joy and bliss, so an abundance of joy and bliss. And I'll put that in my food and I'll stir it clockwise nine times while envisioning like a ball of just pink glowing light around it. And, you know, put that intention in my food. You know, that's kitchen witchery, but like, that's not all I do, you know? Like I'll, I'll do, a lot of my practice does come from nature, yes, but 
I know people want to label things because we can talk about it. And, you know, you know what section of the bookstore to look in for this book. Beyond that, though, I just, I don't know. I work with a bunch of different pantheons. I don't, I don't pigeonhole myself. Anything that works, um, I'm going to incorporate into my practice. And that's awesome because, like you said, I myself, I don't have a label for what kind of witchcraft or what kind of practice I practice. So I think that, you know, calling yourself an eclectic or calling yourself like a kitchen witchery or like an earth magic witch, I think that's really intense because, like, not everyone knows exactly what path they're on. So, you know, guys, I just want to, you know, reiterate that you guys don't have to be in one category. Like, there's multiple categories that you can fall under, but you guys can definitely just choose whatever feels right for you. And I think that's important because a lot of um, new witches, they kind of get, like, discouraged because they don't fall under a certain category. And I think that's really sad because, like, you guys have your own path that you can, you know, forge. And, And I think that's really, you know, a strong way to think because... If you guys understand that you can just do whatever you want to do in witchcraft, I think the power of just believing that you can be your own vessel and your own God, I think that's really cool. So would you agree to that or what, what's your stance on that? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I, I will say, you know, the, the one good thing about having paths that have labels on them, hedge witch, um, you know, kitchen witch, mm-hmm. um, it's... Wicca was for me like a jumping off point because the way it got introduced to me was through, um, you know, somebody who was Wiccan. And I started off, like I set up my altar and even to this day, I I keep my altar, you know, in a very like traditional Wiccan setup. You know, I find that that balances the masculine and feminine energies very well. It works for me. And I, I started looking at the, the wheel of the year and like, um, how to celebrate the Sabbaths as it was written. And as, a, as time's gone by, I've adjusted. But in the beginning, when I, I didn't even know what I didn't know, it was very helpful for me to just say, okay, Wicca, I'm going to go, I'm going to do the stuff that it says and then feel how that feels for me. Does it work? Does it not work? What about it does and doesn't? How can I adjust it and go from there? Because, like, you know, sometimes there's so much out there that it can be overwhelming for somebody who's beginning, you know, to, to say like, well, what do I do? And then it's gotten so mixed up with commercialism too. Like yeah. it was only been a few weeks since I started my Instagram page in earnest. And it's just, there's so much of this. Um, I think people trying to cash in or, com- you know, make it very commercial on like, Oh, buy my crystals from this shop or like, here's my, my spell kit and stuff. And it's, I'm not against it, but like, it's got to be, there's nothing you can go out and buy that is going to have the power of something that you make. And there's nothing that somebody else can give you that it's going to be more powerful than what you discover within yourself. That is amazing. And that's a really good message to put out there too, because I completely agree. Um, I feel like a lot of different witches or a lot of different, you know, um types of people they feel like they have to have the aesthetic to be a witch and i don't think that is absolutely necessary yes it's nice to have different crystals 
have different books that make your practice and your altar look gorgeous and beautiful. I mean, like, it's all about visualization, right? So, you know, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but to have that your main focus, I don't think that necessarily is what you should be doing. I, I don't, I don't know if that's like controversial, but I just like, I, like you said, I see a lot of, you know, things on Instagram where people are always trying to sell different things and to like, if you want to make your altar a little bit be- more witchy, then you should, you should buy this. You should have, you should have this. And I don't think that's like appropriate uh, because like you said, everything that you can gather up yourself, th- w- whether it's in your kitchen or if it's in your backyard, you can make anything, you know, your personal altar. And I think that's important. So what, what kind of things do you have on your altar? For me, like I said, I, you know, I still very much based it off of um, Scott Cunningham's um, Wicca for the Solitary Practitioner, which was the first book that I read. Uh-huh. And then Raymond Buckland's Complete Guide to Witchcraft, which as far as altar setup, those are very similar. Um, I have my uh, patron deity on the right. Your right side is your masculine side. And then on the left, I have my matron deity. Um, So that's going to be your feminine side, the left side. So you got projecting and receiving. Um, I have a bowl of salt in front of a little picture of Odin, who's my patron deity. And the salt represents, um, basically, it's just the earth and it's semen. You know, it's like the masculine. On the left in front of Anana, my matron deity's picture, I have a little glass of water for the waters of her womb. And also the cup is a, is a feminine um, object. It's receptive. Um, I have a candle for both of them. And I have a little offering bowl uh, for each one. And then in the center for both of them, in the middle, that's where I burn my incense. Um, so you've got salt, that's your earth element. You've got water, water element, obviously. The candles for fire, and then the incense for air. So I've got those four elements, and then I bring myself the fifth point of the pentagram, um, my spirit. Uh, and then in addition to that, my uh, bell is on the left side, again, feminine-shaped object. Um, I ring my bell three times to initiate ceremony, and then I have my athame. Um, ritual knife on the right side. Again, that's a masculine um, phallic object. And that's what I use for drawing down energy and then casting my circle, drawing my pentagrams that way. Wow, that is beautiful. I really like your setup. The The way that I visualize in my head, it just sounds so peaceful and kind of just magical and mystical. So um, I was going to ask you, how do you feel about just having making pentagrams and stuff do you think that's something that needs to be done in every ritual or does you think that's something that needs to be done all the time like how do you draw your pentagram yeah so when i uh, i assume when you say drawing pentagrams you're referring to like casting a circle basically erecting a, Mm -hmm. a protective barrier to keep my magical workings in and any unwanted energy and entities out right um Yes, that's not, I don't do it 100% of the time. Uh, And I used to, I used to think that anytime I did any kind of magical working, that I needed to cast a circle, that like my magic wouldn't work. Um, And what I found was that that was limiting. Because 
there were times that on the fly, like outside without my tools, just out in the world, I would want and maybe need to work magic. And I didn't have, maybe I wanted to do something really quickly. Um, and I just, I didn't have my tools with me and I maybe didn't have space to do like a full blown um, ritual of casting a circle. Um, so what I would do is I would just, I would work my magic. I, I kind of simplified it down to where I would create a protective bubble around myself, but I would just, I would sort of use my breath and then visualize like from my heart center, a ball of light. I would start rubbing my hands together in front of my chest. And as I pulled them apart, I kind of felt that magnetic pull between the two hands. And then with each inhale, grow that little bit bigger. And then I would usually put it just a little bit around myself as a quick way to put up that protection. And because I would do, I'll just give an example to make it concrete. Um, in my last job, before I was really 100% my spiritual path as I am today, I was doing outside sales. And sometimes I would get out one sales appointment and immediately they'd be sending me to the next one. And it was straight commission. So, you know, you don't sell, you don't eat. So I really wanted it to go well, yeah. obviously. And um, what I would do, this was not a spell I read in a book. It was intuitive. Um, I would look at the appointment that they had texted me to my phone. And then as I, I would kind of roll by their house, if I had, I would just make maybe a couple of minutes. If, if I had at least a couple of minutes, I would just roll by their house so I could visually see their house. And then I would drive a little bit away. So I didn't look like a creep, you know, <laughs> just hanging out in front of their home. Yeah. And then I would look at my phone. I would look at the appointment card. I would rub my hands and I would just make a little circle like that around my phone. And I would say their names and then I would close my eyes. I would visualize the house, visualize myself walking into that house. I visualize them greeting me like maybe their dog's barking or their kids are screaming or whatever, but we're all happy. That calms down. I visualize key points of the appointment where they were like, wow, that's amazing. And then at the end, I would visualize it going well. I'd visualize them signing paperwork, being happy about it. Um, I'd visualize the call with my boss that they would have after they, they bought the system and like hear it in my head. I would run through the whole thing and then I would just feel like I'm so grateful that that went so well. Like, I'm so grateful. Yes, universe, send me more. Thank you. And then close out that circle and go into um, the house. So that wasn't like a, I never did a full um, banishing, you know, uh, like uh, lesser banishing ritual to pentagram or anything. I just, I made a bubble of energy and then I put my intention into it. And then I gave thanks because it was already out there in the universe. And I would say about 70% of the time that I did that, I would make the sale. And the times that I didn't was because either it really wasn't right for them and I can't force it. Like I'm not a dictator here. Like my will is not going to over Trump other people's mm -hmm. wills or I was not able to get really centered. I was frazzled, you know, and that's again, why we would cast a circle to begin with, you know, as to like, you know, you set this space. Um, it's also been called, I've heard erecting the temple mm -hmm. to cast your circle to work in it. Psychologically is going to, 
banish from you any energies. It gets you really clear and as a clear channel, then you can take your will and direct it into your intention. Um, so if I wasn't able to get into that state, then, you know, obviously my magic wouldn't be as effective. Um, so I think when you can cast a circle, cast a circle, but when you can't still do the magic, you know, it's all about your intention coming in. If you can get clear, if you can take some deep breaths and center yourself, maybe focus on your third eye, do some mantra, whatever you got to do, like get energetically clear. Cause the main thing is having a clear channel and putting out your will in a clear and intentful way. Wow. That was very, very, very cool and amazing way to describe casting a circle. Um, I was going to ask, you said that your one of your patron deities is Odin, correct? Yes, I love Odin. <laughs> so when you, let's talk about deities. Um, how did you come into finding he was your main deity? He called to me. Um, and, you know, I, I guess some people have um, these really bright flash of light kind of experiences and like visually see their deity. Uh, mine's been really more of like, as I tapped into my intuition, like I just, I would notice Odin coming into my field. Like um, I would hear his name mentioned. I would, um, I would just see images of him, you know, or like his, like at the um, metaphysical store, I would see, you know, the Thor's hammer, the kind of a symbol of Odin as well, you know? Um, and I would just, I don't know. Uh, what really set it off for me was a book I read by Neil Gaiman called American Gods, which is a work of fiction, but I, and it's not like a how-to book. It's a, it's a total fictional story. But if anybody has not read that book and is pagan or interested in paganism, like the way that he uses those deities in that book and gives them like real life and they work together and incorporate like is amazing. Like in that book, Odin is called Wednesday, um, which I immediately got because I had looked up where the names of the days of the week came from, you know, sun, Sunday name for the sun, Monday name for the moon. And then most of the rest of them um, besides Saturday, which is named for Saturn, are named for Norse gods, you know? So you got um, Tuesday is for Tyr, or two is another way to pronounce it. Um, he's a god of, uh, of victory through sacrifice. You know, he cut off his hand. So uh, Tuesday would be a very victorious day. Wednesday, Woden's day, Odin's day. Um, so named for Odin. That's why they use that in the book. Thursday's Thor, Friday's Frigg, goddess of beauty and fertility. Um, which is incidentally why they say to cast love spells on Fridays because it's Frigg's day, but regardless. Um, yeah, Odin just kind of popped up for me there and I started just speaking to him. I started reading about him, about his endless thirst for knowledge, about him being the one who through hanging on the world tree Yggdrasil for nine days um, he was given the runes. They came from a source that was deeper even than the Norse gods, you know? And he gave his eye to drink from Mimir's well, the well of wisdom, you know? Like he would sacrifice, he would do anything for wisdom. And being the, as a writer, as somebody who 
writes poetry and other things, you know, I just, I was like, yes, you know, I, I felt like that. I would give anything for wisdom and for more words and to be able to channel more clearly what's in my soul, yeah. you know? And um, yeah. So he just, he and I've been building a relationship since then. And it's been wild. Like on days that I, I work with him and give offerings, for example, um, sometimes I'll leave my candles burning on my altar for a while. If I just kind of want to hold space for them for longer. And, um, if I've been working with Odin a lot, like studying the runes and writing a lot, um, Inanna's candle will go out, but Odin's candle, it's just like, it looks like there's almost no wick there in a little pool of wax and it will burn for hours. And they're the same candle size when I start, you know, there's no reason you know physically logically why it would stay um so just as i have those experiences with odin it just you know it just deepens my my love for him and and my practice that is awesome i love hearing about everyone's different patreon deity because you know when you kind of get to that realm of just gods and goddesses out there in the world it's kind of just it's such a mystical way to kind of like describe witchcraft because not everyone has a patron deity or even works of deities and i think that the way you described your work with odin i think that's very cool and i'm really excited to hear more about that um but yeah so guys i just want to let you guys know that will is actually starting his own podcast as well do you want to talk about um what your podcast is going to be about uh it's going to be about this kind of stuff i I'm, I view myself as not like an educator, but um, a conduit, you know, like I absorb this information, I experience it. And then I, I just want to share, you know, like in therapy, you don't, a good therapist is not going to tell people things, you know, they're going to ask questions that probe you to look deeper within. Um, it's the same type of thing, that, that type of role where you know, uh, nobody can heal you like a healer that says they're going to heal you be very suspicious yeah. um, because you the power to heal you is only within yourself. A real healer just creates situations and spaces in which you can heal yourself. Um, so that's my role. It's just, you know, like I do um, interviews. I'm probably going to be moving the interviews off of Instagram and onto the podcast. Um, I just feel like that format might be a little bit nicer um, audio quality and just getting out to more people. Um, but yeah, we just talk about all kinds of topics. We'll talk about runes, tarot, and other forms of divination. Um, we'll talk about deities. We'll talk about spells. We'll talk about um, some theories and practice and anything that comes up. Um, and also, you know, anybody who wants to reach out and connect with me, you can find me at Ghostwitch Insta. And anything that you feel like you want to hear more about, I'm so open to those topics because I'm here for you all. And that is an awesome message. And guys, I think we're going to wrap this up. I think that this whole conversation and talk was very, very, very rich in knowledge and kind of just, you know, very open. And I love talking to different witches and, you know, different people of walks of life out in the world. So if you guys ever want to reach out to Will, please find him on Instagram. He is an amazing person. And of course, you guys can reach out to me to see if I want to talk about other topics with you guys. Um, 
But like I said, I just want to say thank you well for being on this episode. I really appreciate you being on here and talking with me. Um, it's been a very, very, I think, amazing conversation. So um, just want to say thank you again. Well, thank you, Julia. I really appreciate you Absolutely. holding space for this. Okay, so we're going to basically just go finish up this conversation, and then uh, we'll see you guys in the next one, okay? Thanks, Will. Bye. Bye.